0: Hello and welcome back to the first Lit AF episode of 2022. We're back. I'm here. You're here. It's here. I'm so excited. Oh my god! Wow. It's February. It's February of 2022. It's this episode is airing on February 2nd, 2022. This is a big day. This is a big day. This is my two year two year anniversary from quitting smoking. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We used to smoke two jewel pods a day. I guess that's vape. I used to vape two jewel pods a day. Before that, it was a pack a day. And I don't do that anymore. And I've created some better and healthier habits in my life. So I love that. Always got to celebrate the successes, you know? What else? It is, it's a big day. We've got the guest, Allison Cullen on the podcast. She is a human design coach. She's amazing. I am like obsessed with her. So we talk a lot about human design, obviously my favorite topic. She has like some really cool hacks for the different types, the energy types that I have just found to be so useful. And I love that. And she always encourages me as a projector to get more rest. So that's like my, anytime that someone is supportive of me sleeping in, I immediately love them and appreciate their support because in my previous previous life, that was a big shadow for me. And now I just get to embrace it. So I love that. But also we talk about um, how she's parenting with human design, which is, I think, really cool to learn about. And I think uh, I'm just so excited to see the little human's that grow with it and how it changes and and what permissions it gives them and um how they can live deconditioned for you know their entire life. Yeah. Another exciting thing that's happening today, February 2nd, 2022, is that Allison is hosting a workshop and I immediately signed up for it. I'm so excited. She and I have talked a lot about money. I was recently on her podcast. I talked about money on her podcast. And she shares about money in this episode. And she is hosting a workshop called The Feminine Art of Getting Rich, which is maybe the best title ever. And sh- this class is going to be amazing. She has put together money manifestation techniques, put them all into one workshop. And The best thing is that she's taught this before. Okay, so the last time she did this, every single person, she had 32 women in the class, every single person that participated manifested at least $1,000 the week of the course. Like it's not afterwards, it's during the course, which I fucking love. And some actually ended up calling in more Than five to ten thousand K that month, the month of the course, all from unexpected sources. So I'm excited to lean into the feminine. I'm excited to do this with Allison to involve human design. And also, I know for a lot of listeners that are into the TB- to be magnetic coaching program, the pathway, it's um it works very similarly with a lot of the it works well with the pathway, I should say. If you're into the Lacy stuff, I feel like this is a great course for you. So, if you're interested in signing up, it's going to be five learning modules, six trainings with Allison and a few guests that she's going to bring on. And two group calls, two group coaching calls. The cost is $333. Magical numbers here. So if you are interested in signing up, hit the link in bio. I'm going to be doing it. I'd love that accountability buddy to be you. Um, I would love to manifest some money with you, at least $1,000. We can do this. Hit that link in bio and you can sign up for the the feminine art of getting rich. I'm so freaking excited. And it starts today. It starts today, but it's not too late to sign up. So I hope to see you there. I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited to have this microphone on. I'm excited to be talking to you. It's been a long break. I went to Mexico. I had an amazing time with my family there and my husband's family there and my family joining as well. It was a big family trip. And I just really enjoyed being in another country, learning more about the Mexican culture and speaking Spanish. <laughs> it was it was wild. I I don't think I've ever been that fluent before. So that was really, really, really cool to see. I ate a million tacos. <laughs> I definitely lounged on the beach for a couple of days. We went to Tulum, which was wild. I feel like I could just do a whole episode about Tulum, to be quite honest. It was, that was the craziest place I've ever been. And yeah, it was really, really wonderful getting to know my husband's family even more. I don't know if any listeners are in a um, bicultural relationship with someone that is foreign but it, it means, for me, it means that there's not only a language barrier, but there's also just a distance barrier to getting time with my in-laws. And they're all amazing. I love them so much. And the more time that I spent with them, the more I feel like I really got to understand my husband in like a really deep way. So I was really appreciative of that. I was appreciative that I had the time to do it for my job. It was just so incredibly magical and very hard to pack up to come home, but I had to come home to my doggy, my sweet baby Frida. So I'm um, happy that we came home, obviously, but very sad to leave. And I feel like I left a little piece of me down in Mexico for sure. So yeah, so that's my update. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to be back. You know... A friend of mine, I was literally just talking to her about the show. She was just listening to it, and she told me that she she puts it on when she wants to feel good, when she just needs a, a little feel-good moment, and I was so honored to hear that, and I just love the idea of listening to Lit AF or Lit AF being just a feel-good podcast. Like, we're just here to feel good, folks. We can feel good. It's okay to feel good. We need it. We need it. It's fun. So if you are feeling good listening to this podcast, I would love, love, love for you to leave a review, please. Reviews help me to grow, to grow the show. It helps other people find the podcast and I would love that. I want to grow this little baby. I want to bring these feel goods to more people. So if you're in the um, Apple podcast app or if you're in Spotify, Spotify has a podcast rating system now. I would love a five-star review, obviously, but no pressure. And just tell tell me what you love about the show. I would love to hear it. I would really appreciate it. If you have someone in your life that would benefit from the episode, please share it with them. I would love that as well. Most of new listeners come from recommendations from friends. So please, please, please share it with friends. Um, tell them it's a feel good episode. <laughs> tell them it's a feel good podcast, not just an episode. <laughs> and yeah, I hope you're feeling lit AF. I truly do. All right. Without further ado, I could go on and on to you folks. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with and Cullen. Well, welcome and Cullen. I'm so excited to have you here on Lit AF. Thanks for being here.
1: I'm so excited to be here, Sarah. I've been waiting.
0: Yeah. Yes. Me too. Us
1: too. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Okay. So I am a mom. I'm a wife. I worked in the music industry since I was 20 years old. I'm 38. Yesterday was my birthday. So I had my. Happy birthday. Thanks. It gets less and less exciting as the older that you get. And I'm like, wait, what? How old am I? I don't know. I sort of, (laughs) I might just stay 37 because I love the number seven.
0: You're like, I'm skipping a year this year and next year I'll get another year back. It'll all make
1: sense. (laughs) Uh, Time is irrelevant. Birthdays are irrelevant. But, anyways, yeah, I worked in Austin, Texas in the music industry for about 17 years. And then the whole fun year of 2020 came and sort of knocked me on my ass. And it was a, just, we'll go into that later. I had already, thank goodness at that time, been studying human design and, Was doing readings for friends and family and decided to start a podcast just for fun, which now Sarah and I know that this is like a whole legit thing that has so many moving parts to it. Ended up getting out of the music industry, being kicked out of the music industry, basically. Started You Do Woo, and the podcast, and then my human design business. And here we are. I don't even know what year it is right now, but it's going good. (laughs) It's a lot better than it was like four years ago.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Um, YouTube, it was an amazing podcast. I highly recommend anyone listening listens. It's all about human design and Allison has an amazing perspective and approach to it. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited to dig in today. It's going to be good. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, Okay. So how did you find human design? It sounds like you've been in it for a while. You've been yeah.
1: deconditioning for a while. So tell us, tell us how you found it. So I was pregnant when I first heard about it. I think, you know, when like things come to you in threes and you're like, okay, I need to pay attention to this. This is something. At that point in time, me and a few of my best friends were doing like these, we we live all over the country. And so we were doing these zoom hangouts and this was before the pandemic, just FYI. Wow. We were people doing Zoom. Damn, screen. pioneers. <laughs> right. Um, and we were doing a book club on like the Enneagram, which is very cool and fascinating and whatever. But I can't ever remember what I am. I always change my numbers that you sort of get to choose yourself what number you are. Right. And so I'm somebody who, am like, don't tell me what I am. I know what I am. And I would like change back and forth from a seven to an eight to a nine. I whatever. That. We were like digging into that. And I kept hearing about human design. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't like add another personality type right. profile it's to so my, many. but it kept getting introduced to me, I think through podcasts and just friends of friends and whatever. I love the whole woo-woo world. So I've always been, had, had a toe dipped in it, but yeah, it was while I was pregnant had way more time than I do now. So I just like totally dug in. Like it was a fuck yes immediately. Like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. With my time that I had being pregnant because at that time I got rid of a few music industry clients because I was feeling like crap. I knew that I was going to be having the baby and that I wasn't going to be able to have as much of a workload. So I was slowly offloading clients with the intent on still keeping a few, right. But I was slowly offloading. So I had a little bit more time and decided to go ahead and get certified in human wow. design. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can get certified just like a one-off from a coach, which is great and awesome and gives you everything you need all at once. I did the human design America, which is the founder Ra Uruhu's um, school. And that's wow. like ongoing education for like five years just FYI. So I did both. Like I did the like long-term one and the one-off certification so I could go ahead and start doing legit readings for people and just sort of grew it from there. That was, uh, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a podcast. I was just sort of chatting about it on Instagram and friends and family and word of mouth and all of that kind of stuff. But it was like the only thing that brought me joy at that point because I was super Mm. sick and my Job in the music industry was completely draining me, and that was like the only thing that that was bringing wow. me joy. And I me oh, that. What was the first hit? Like, what was what was the first piece of knowledge you learned about it? Where you're like, oh, that resonates. Oh man, just that. So I'm a for people. This might sound like crazy for anybody who doesn't know about human design, but I'm a 6'2 sacral generator, which means six two is a whole profile deal. And I know you you've talked about about that on your podcast before, but that's just like an archetype. We don't have to like go super into that. But the sacral is sort of, it's a chakra center and it's that gut instinct center, that like womb creativity desire center. And realizing that that was my authority and that as a generator, I got more energy from working when work lights me up. It was like a huge light bulb moment where I was like, no wonder I've been so exhausted and Mm. frustrated and unfulfilled to the past 15 years. It's because I've been trying, I've been working a lot, but on something that doesn't light me up, Mm. right? That's just the grind and nobody, even generators who are meant to hustle and work and all that kind of stuff are not meant to do that eight to five on something that they don't enjoy. Right. And so really learning about that. I encourage you as you learn human design, just to be really selfish about it at first, like just learn everything about your chart that you can. That's what I did. I just dove into my chart, but then starting to realize all the other types and how we're all so different was so fascinating and so helpful in relationships and just freaking open my eyes. I started out coaching just entrepreneurs. I wasn't a mom at that point. And that like really lights me up, but human design was created and meant for parents really. Wow. Say more about that. So it was re it's really, it's super helpful for business and for per- interpersonal relationships and all of that kind of stuff. Like I can give you tips all day long on growing your business through looking at your human design chart and figuring out mm-hmm. what you're your divine gifts are, but it was really meant for children and parents so that you do not have to decondition as much. So we all have societal conditioning, right? Like we grew up and whether you were part of a church or an educational system or whatever, we have all of these constructs that we grow up in and it's like, this is the right way to do something. This is the wrong way to do something. Right. Mm -hmm. And We are really not, as humans, human design is called the science of differentiation. We are meant to be looked at so individually that there's Mm -hmm. not ever like a this way or this way. It's like everybody has their own path and way of doing things. And Mm -hmm. so it's really meant to help raise children And then not have to decondition from those societal constructs so much. And it's crazy because even having studied this for several years now and putting it into practice, now being a mom to a child who's talking and learning all these things, I have to like go back and be like, wait, Mm. the purpose of this is, and she's a reflector. My daughter is a reflector, which is like less than 1% of the population, Mm. which is when she was born. I was like, yes, this is very much meant for me because- of anybody like <laughs> a child of her. <laughs> I need to learn these things. So yeah.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. I had no idea, but it totally makes sense because when you're learning it, it is so much about that process of like, why am I this unique snowflake? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I feel like if this had been if I had been learning of this in my childhood, it would have been a completely different story. <laughs> yeah. Not a completely different story. Me. I just would have learned sooner, you know.
1: Remind me what what type are you again?
0: Um so I'm an emotional projector 63. And when I first found out about human design, my big aha moment was like I'm a projector. I need to sleep. Yeah. Like I and and all my generator friends like at the time at the time, it was in my early 30s and still partying and going on like weekend trips with friends and then, you know, COVID hits that so hasn't happened that much, but On these weekend trips, like, I would stay up so late. It would take me forever to go to sleep when it was, like, time to go to bed. And then everyone else in the house would be up at 7 a.m. just, like, sipping on their coffee and ready to go. And I'm, like, in bed at 10, like, struggling (laughs) and then putting guilt and shame on myself, which just made it worse. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I just need sleep and I don't have to guilt and shame myself and I can, like, excuse myself to go to bed early. It's great.
1: It's just so great. Yes. When did when did you realize that? Like when did you find out you were a projector?
0: I found out it was a projector February of 2020. And that's when I got my first reading. And that was yeah. just like,
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So just, crazy. And then it's just been the great experiment ever since. Like well, we might have to talk more offline too, because I'm married to a projector and my mm. sister is a projector. And I oh, feel damn. like 50% of my clients are projectors. Projectors damn. are just wanting like, permission to chill the fuck out.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Right? <laughs> yep. And even,
0: like, so you you and I the other day were talking, and you're like, yeah, projectors can get all their work done in three hours as long as they get enough sleep. And I was like, thank mm-hmm. you, universe. Like, needed that message again. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we just want to chill the fuck out. Good. I'm glad that you yeah. know this now. Yeah. Pretty thank cool. you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so tell us more then about knowing – that this system or like realizing this system is like literally meant for parenting. How has this changed the way that you approach parenting? I mean, I guess it happened, you discovered it when you are pregnant. So not sure if it's yeah. changed anything, but like, how has this like scoped your parenting style?
1: So many things. Okay. So first of all, and I know I knew this before human design. My sister is a child therapist and she has always said like, hey, there's never a really issue with the child. They're always in therapy because of the parents or something going on at home, right? Mm. So everything as a parent, every every little bit of energy you have can rub off on your child. And that's not meant to create more guilt. We have too much like mom guilt and all that kind of stuff. It is a reason, and this is what I teach my my clients who are mothers so much just drilling down in them is you have to do make space for things that make you happy that feel good or rest or whatever that looks like or for me work and you have to do that so that you are fulfilled and then you can come to your child as a full human not projecting anything on them not ex- expecting something for, for them to fill you up in a certain way, all the things. Okay. So I just had m- me and my daughter both had COVID and she was like, heart just had a runny nose, but I was sick for like three days, not feeling oh great. God. And was literally because of quarantine and all of that kind of stuff. My husband was Ill- in LA on a photo shoot. I was doing this all alone. Cause I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get help from my parents. They're older. I did like, I didn't want to make any, anybody else sick. I didn't work for three and a half weeks. I was a mad woman. I was not okay. Like really not okay. It sucks for anybody like being sick and having to take care of a toddler while you're sick. But for a generator who literally had to reschedule all of my work for, Mm. from one month into the next one month, I like slipped back into a depression and Mm my daughter started acting out. She started like having ridiculous tantrums and biting and all of the things. And it's because of me. It's because Mm. I wasn't working. And that I just, I just like did a whole thing about this of like when human design doesn't work, when you don't have the space or the time to Mm. put yourself first. Like I just, that was like a situation where I didn't have that. I didn't have help. I didn't have anything. It was like a weird one-off situation that hopefully will never happen again. But that's the only time where that, when that doesn't work. And all of my frustrated energy when generators are not working on something that lights them up, their not-self theme is frustration. And all of my frustrated energy was rubbing off on her. In parenting, whenever I coach mom's I have them look at, we print out all of the charts in their family and we sort of look at where, so there's nine chakra centers. I won't go like all the way into this, but like they're either colored in or they're open on their chart. You probably have a lot of openness as a projector would, we'd have to Mm -hmm. like look at your chart. But my daughter as a reflector has all of her chakras open, which Mm -hmm. means she's very susceptible to other people's energies in every area, from their emotions from their fears from their desire and creativity from their mind from everything from their root center which has to do with time and pressure and all of that kind of stuff she is very she's like an ultimate empath like super open and susceptible and vulnerable to my energy or anybody else's energies that have defined centers so learning about that is really really huge. And if that sounds like too like oh my gosh, I don't know. Like literally we can sit down and go through and I can be like, okay, for this week pay attention to this in this child and this child and and do this for yourself so that then you're not rubbing off on them so much. Like all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But really looking at the ways that I affect her and the ways that if I'm not being taken care of in certain parts of my life, emotions, fear, time, pressure, creativity. If I'm not doing those things as a full grown adult to take care of myself, it's going to negatively negatively impact her. Mm. So that is like a really huge deal. And just learning the types is really important too. So say mm. you're a generator and you have a projector child and they're sleeping a lot or napping a lot or really wanting to play a lot and not wanting to do their math homework or whatever, <laughs> like just learning about that type. Projectors too, like think, tend to think of things in a different way than the rest of us. Projectors are like 20% of the population and y'all very much are like these, this new paradigm that we're going into. You're like the CEOs where you you come in and you sit down at your, at your desk and you open your doors and people can come in and ask you questions and get your tips for certain hacks that they can do to make life easier, business easier, or whatever. And you have your doors open for two to three hours a day, and then you're done. And then you get to go play or be creative or rest or whatever with, like, the rest of your day. So it's just really interesting to learn each type, to learn what your children are, to learn what your partner is. That I mean, being married to projector, I have not, like, I have not... Done a good job. Like, tell me more about that. <laughs> what is it like hey, to be well, I
0: to you. I <laughs> talk to you about this.
1: He's doing a really great job of like knowing that I need my time to work mm. and to be left alone. I'm a six two, so I have that hermit part of me. As far as me, I like do not do a good job of going to him for advice. Mm. You know, he's learned to not offer unsolicited advice, but I Mm. really need to respect his, like realize what his gifts are as far as being able to see from a bird's eye view, see from a higher perspective. He's a photographer, so he's like super creative and whatever. For him, like I literally have not asked him for any help with any of my creative stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I just realized that this week. I'm like, I need to go to him to be like, Hey, Mm. what do you think about this cover art? What do you think needs to be changed just to make him, if if not to get his wonderful advice, but to help him feel seen and mm-hmm. needed for his gifts and to show him really how he can be successful and have a lot more magnetism when he sort of realizes those gifts that he has and that he mm-hmm. can wait for the invitation Mm -hmm. and be living proof of that for him. I just like have, because he used to like offer unsolicited advice so much, there's like some resentment that has built up there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from even before I knew about human design, you know, that it's just like a habit of being like, eh, I'm not going to go to him for anything. And I'm like, I really need to, that's like my goal probably like this year is to really dig into his chart and dig into our charts together and me be the person who starts making those changes to show him like how special he is in his design
0: because oh, he's not that. you know he's not
1: gonna go take a human design class and that's fine but to show right, him right, by right. show by example yeah. um I do a terrible job of making him feel seen and noticed and appreciated and I need mm. to do that more. Mm. What, mm. what tips mm. do you have as a projector for like <laughs> a partnership like what makes you feel good
0: I So I love everything that you said. It's interesting. So I'm married to a um, manifesting generator and we both don't want to be told what to do, but we both love telling each other what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting because we actually haven't stopped doing that. We just, we still continue to do it. But now I share when I'm frustrated about it or when I'm like, I actually can't like take your input right now or I don't feel like you're hearing me, if that makes sense. So the first couple of years I would be like doling out my advice and then it it was being rejected and I made it mean so much more than it actually meant, right? Because as a projector, I'm like, oh, I don't feel seen. I don't feel understood. And like, this is my contribution and you're rejecting it. And now I'm like- Oh, um, okay, you are not in the place to hear this, or maybe, you know, maybe this is actually something you need to figure out on your own. This is like your own experience. And so now when I'm like doling out advice and it's just like thwarted, it's just like that it it no longer has this big story or belief around it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. Awesome. Because it's not it doesn't mean anything about me, right? Yeah. It just doesn't. No, no. No, that doesn't. Um, It's been a while. It's come,
1: like I've had to come this far to realize all of that. I know. So when I first started studying human design, the whole and there's a lot of misconceptions around certain things. You know, this came out in the 80s as weirdly as all the like genetic research was coming out. Because this has to do with your DNA and and Mm. the energetics around your DNA and stuff. But there's so many things that were taken as like, legit black and white, like this is the way it is. And this was before the internet and all of these kind of things. And so there's a lot Mm. of stuff that I feel like with this new paradigm and with, um, the feminine sort of taking over human design, which is amazing. Like there's, it's beautiful and I freaking love it, but there's so many things. Like, so one of the first things I learned is that it takes seven years to decondition and, I was like, oh, fuck, like, that's a long time. Like, I want to, I want it now. Um, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Honestly, I always tell people, like, literally, you should take the first seven weeks of and, like, really dig into your chart and put all those things into practice. And seven weeks can entirely change your life. So don't get too stuck around the seven years thing. However, being a few years into this now, I now see how things sort of morph and how you can sort of only take on one big theme to look at at a time. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm like, now I'm on like year three and a half of studying this and I've mastered a lot of things in my chart, but now I'm like, okay, okay my partner, my marriage, my partnership is the thing I want to look at this year and really hone in on and really do a good job of like not looking at me and being selfish, but like looking at his Mm -hmm. chart and Mm -hmm. really giving to him in that way. Um, so I see how there's like, and you know, as your children grow different things happen. you know, different, you're going to apply different parts of human design when Caroline couldn't talk, my daughter couldn't talk there was only certain things that I could utilize in her human design chart. But as she's speaking and we're interacting and stuff, it gets more fun and a little bit more in depth. So yeah, that's that's like one of the big things as, as far as like deconditioning, which I know that we wanted to talk about.
0: Oh yeah, for
1: sure. That's cool. So
0: you're halfway through your deconditioning, which is amazing. I love that literally halfway through – it's such a testament to where you are with your process or your experiment because now you're going from like inward to outward, which is, you know, maybe the whole point of this system. I don't know. (laughs) Besides parenting, but I guess actually with parenting, it's like you are seeing the other now or like able to see the other. I feel like whenever I can start to do the work to connect with my husband, that's when I know that like that I've mastered something
1: and I'm able to bring it now to the outside world. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's really nuts. Um you know, I was single for a long time and I think there's so much beauty and value in being single and I think I'm very thankful for it. I spent most of my 20s single. But it's weird once you do get into a committed partnership, it's like that is the fucking work. Like that is the work and not that um it has to be treacherous and just everyday drudgery or whatever but it's like the whole like ego stuff the whole like self like control issues power struggles that come out like all of that kind of stuff is the work in deconditioning and it's a crazy thing (laughs) That I didn't realize. (laughs) I didn't realize.
0: I wasn't ready for it. I didn't expect it. I didn't know. (laughs) That's not my view of marriage. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. And I feel the exact same way of like the real, the real work. And I feel like a lot of us in this world can do the work in order to find the partner. But like we're doing the work to find the partner in order to like keep doing the work. Like that's really what I think it's all about.
1: (laughs) And now I'm having to learn to like not pause on the work, but like to not overthink it and to not be trying too hard and and always improving, which is just mm. my six profile. So whatever, mm. but to just play and have fun. Like I really need to do that, but I'm just I've always been. I'm like a goofball, but but like super serious ninety percent of mm. the time. I'm like, I'd like that to be like 50-50, a little bit more. <laughs> I love that. So, my husband's good at that and my daughter's good at that. So I just, they need to be like my gurus. I love year. that you've you've
0: surrounded yourself by your teachers. So you've got that, which is amazing. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week monthly and one-off donation options are available and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating if you're interested in making your financial con- contribution please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar that's dot com forward slash tip jar now back to this week's episode thank you so much What's it like before, before we get more into deconditioning, I'm so curious, like how in your marriage are you balancing this, like you're very into this woo world and you're obviously so versed in human design and you mentioned that your husband is not, how do you balance that? And like, how do you share what your interests are?
1: Yeah. So he's very open to learning about it especially at the beginning when i was like listing out all of his traits he was like that's exactly right that's exactly right which i've you know every time i do a reading people are half of the time people are crying in relief of feeling like they're i've sh- like named every part of them so he's open to it we don't just sit around and talk about it all the time but This is, and Sarah, this has just been in the past like month or so that I've had this realization. I'm like you where I like, I love going down all the rabbit holes of like, um, not really like self-help or self-improvement, but like self-realization, self-actualization, like all of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think I need help. I don't think there's part of me that's broken, but it's like, Hey, I want to evolve as much as possible and, and whatever, just become as a six, two, my whole goal is becoming the adult that my child self wish existed. So like, that's Mm. like my whole, almost life's purpose. He's never understood that. He's like, Hey, you're good. You don't need to like improve. You know what I mean? But he's very much like, Hey, we do this, like, just have fun, enjoy life. Like that's, that's the improvement. Like don't try to keep striving for things like just enjoy like what you have. Um, and there's been some there's been some times where he like doesn't quite get what I'm doing. But I feel in the past couple of months that we've really come to an agreement. Of He's like, dude, you're doing the work you're meant to do. And he has like a little bit of almost jealousy that he's not. And so my like right now, my mission is to like help show him and increase him his confidence to be able to go find what that work is. Cause it's not mm-hmm. really in digital teching for photography anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I want him to have that also. And I, and he works, he works like 12 hour days. He's like, not Damn. not operating how a projector should. And I really want him to be able, like I'd love to me take care of us for a few years so that he could sort of go do his creativity rabbit holes and figure out like what what works best for him. I think the moment that I realized that my spiritual growth for this season is in helping him feel seen and like lowering all of like cleaning up any of the bad habits that we've gotten into and like all of that kind of stuff for our daughter and for selfishly my spiritual growth that like, that's, it's not like reading all the books and listening to all the podcasts or whatever. It's like, here's your like clay to mold right now. And it's our marriage. Ever since I realized that, and we've been talking about that, he's, I think, relieved, if that makes sense, where he's like, he feels like he's the priority. And I for so long haven't been for a while, like human design was a priority. Right. And then when we had our child was the priority and I feel right. like he finally feels like he's more of a priority and it's making everything easier. <laughs> um any full scene and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and I realized and, yeah, <laughs> and I realized as with anything, I need to do like show him living out human design instead of like sit there and tell him all the things mm-hmm, i need to like mm-hmm. show him what that looks like
0: mm, i love that because you can say you can say all the things and if it's not you know resonating or landing that there's there's like no lesson i also wonder what's his profile if you can share you don't have to he see this is the problem
1: i need to go oh my <laughs> God. i don't know mine either i don't know my husband's profile either so he's a four six, and he's emotional mm. too, which I've looked this up before. But this is like a really huge. I hope he never listens to this. <laughs> he Really, only listens to like Joe Rogan and comedians. So oh, perfect. Uh, okay, you're fine. Uh, I don't. Think, I I won't share it with him. But um, <laughs> one thing for him, for the four six, is they're really terrified of rejection. They'd rather mm. cut someone off than be hurt, Hurt, and people really mean everything to them, and the thing that hurts them the most is rejection, and he's gotten hurt so many times, and he's, like, pushed people out of his life because of it, and I, realizing that, have, like, made steps to make sure he doesn't feel rejected by, by me.
0: Wow. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. And, like, talk about, like, easy things to do to, like, make him feel... Seen and respect it. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. You're inspiring me. I'll, I will look up my husband's chart. <laughs> yeah. We can have a, we can have a chat, chat about it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, okay. So back to deconditioning, what are just like small ways that you recommend for the different types to start to decondition? And like, like, and I, I really mean like the smallest ways. Cause I feel like sometimes yeah. people jump in and it's too much and then it's, overwhelming.
1: So anybody who's a generator or manifesting generator, this is like random and so weird, but create space in your day or week for nothing, like a good amount of space, one or two or three hours. Not, I mean, you don't have to do three hours every day, but generators, manifesting generators, create some space in your week for things to be brought to you for the universe to bring things for you to say yes or no to like yesterday was my birthday and I didn't have any work stuff that I had to do and I didn't have any like anything planned and instead of being like "Whoa, is me like my husband's out of town for work and I was like oh I don't have anything anybody to hang out with on my birthday I'm not like a big birthday person anyways but Mm. I was like oh I'm gonna keep that day totally open and see what the universe brings me and my husband sent me a Venmo to go get a manicure and pedicure. And I was like, oh, Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. Like I could have wow. just saved it and gone another day. But I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So I have glitter nails now. So that's Cute. fine. Cute. I'll never get my nails done. There, there was just little things that popped up through the day that I was able, able to either say yes or no to. So wow. So many times we just don't create that space. And so the universe doesn't bring us cool things because there's no space for it to go into. Right. You know, so create space. Very simple. Manifestors, this is very interesting. I would literally just say start using your voice more, like stop texting Mm. or typing and start either get on Voxer or send the audio text or anything. Like just start getting energy moving through your throat. Wow. Manifestors have like huge throat chakra energy and a lot of times can get have a lot of issues, whether it's health or just frustrated in life or super angry because that's their not self theme. If they're not speaking their truth and if they're not just like exercising that throat chakra. I try to teach Mm. everybody to use like the audio instead of typing things out, Mm. but especially manifestors, that's like a huge tip. For projectors, projectors, you know, the whole rule is like wait for the invitation. Don't you know, work more than two or three hours a day, whatever. So many times these are such huge, overwhelming things to like feel like you have to get to. For a projector, I really highly recommend digging into your chart, figuring out what your three or four divine gifts are and concentrating on those for a little while and unblocking the self-worth around any of those. So like mm-hmm. for me, I'm not a projector, but for, and I'd love to look at your chart too, to see like what yours are. We can do that. Um, offline. But for me, like one of my divine gifts is helping people create rhythms and rituals to Mm -hmm. just enhance their life for them. It's not, not everybody needs a morning routine. Not every, like everybody's very different. So I sort of help people create rhythms and rituals for them. So for projectors, you need to figure out what your couple of super divine gifts are that like not other, nobody else can do. And we need to just unblock around that a little bit and realize you're, that you're very special in the way that you can help others with that. That's like, Love that. I would, projectors definitely get a, a human design chart reading. It's super important. Reflectors, that's less than 1% of the population. If you're listening to this and you're a reflector, please reach out to me because I'm doing mm-hmm. a little project on reflectors and I think I want some more input. Anyways, reflectors, I would say really... Pay attention to your environment. Make sure that your bedroom feels really good. Make sure that your office feels really good. Make sure that your space feels really good. Your environment affects you more than like anybody else. And especially for kiddos, like it's really important for reflector children to enjoy their room and to have like input on what their room looks like and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Those are just some some little tips on deconditioning. Oh my God. I love that.
0: I love that. And honestly, I have not heard them communicated in this way. And I love this. It's so funny because I'm working with um, my friend who's a manifester on a project and I was going to send her a voice note. And I <laughs> now after hearing you talk, I am sending her a voice note to give her permission to send me a voice note yes. on the project.
1: Yes. It wasn't
0: for me this whole time. Yes. So I I just love that so strange, never heard it put it that way and I'm like I'm excited to see how um listeners like can utilize these and and start to yeah. put them into action. So cool. Totally. Also totally. I'm like dying for a reading now. I'm like what are my divine gifts? Oh. I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Thank you for sharing that. That was really cool. Okay. Um okay, so I want to talk about manifestation in human design. How has your own like experience within human design and as well as your chart
1: influenced the way that you actually manifest? So usually the first thing that somebody would say is going to look at your arrows. Have you ever dug it, dug into your arrows in the chart? The bottom right arrow is considered like telling you how you manifest. So if it's pointed left, you're specific manifestor. If it's pointed right, you're a non-specific manifestor. Honestly, I feel like it's important for anyone to do both, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, mm-hmm. to sort of play around with both. Or do you know if you're specific or non specific? I'm specific, yeah. Okay, me too. For us, like the excitement comes from being pretty specific, to be like, okay, I want to call in $11,000 by the 20th of this month, right? Like something like that feels really exciting and fun. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at getting that exact amount that you like put out into the universe. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then people who are non-specific really don't need to get tripped up by exact timelines or numbers or anything like that. They need to pay more attention to why they're trying to manifest this thing, what feelings are going to come from that. So I always teach people, I'm like, yes, go play around with that arrow, see what, see if it resonates for you, play with it, experiment with it. Human design is an experiment. It is not black and white. It is meant for you to go try and have a trial and error process and see what fits and what doesn't. So that's that. Like everybody sort of needs to play around with both sides and see what they are good at. And I have, I definitely have a mixture of both, like, even though I'm specific, like I can, can manifest specific things really simply, but on like the bigger stuff that I have blocks around that, that aren't coming in, I need to get down to the feelings behind it and actually feeling those feelings and compounding those feelings with gratitude for what I already have for gratitude that it's coming, like all of that kind of stuff. And I'm in the school of thought that before you do all of this manifestation woo woo stuff, vision boarding blah blah blah. Sometimes you really have to unblock some childhood stuff, some like maybe past life stuff depending on you know how you feel about that and some self-worth stuff. And to be totally completely like vulnerable, I have a lot of self-worth stuff I'm currently working on because I have so much ego and identity attached to my music industry, Allison, that then stepping into this woo woo world is like, oh my God, Sarah, you don't even understand. When people follow me on You Do Woo on Instagram that are like friends from high school or ex boyfriends, mm-hmm. and you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt in Texas. Oh, wow. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh my God, these people are gonna think I've lost <laughs> my mind.
0: <laughs> they're like, I just wanna see what Allison's up to. Yep.
1: You're like, like hell, hell hell alarm. <laughs> right? I like literally last night somebody followed me and I was like, fuck, really? And I was like, okay, here's the work. Do I really care what they right. think? Right. Uh, am I doing this because, and I do, I believe in it. I, I like really, I don't care, but there's always little cleanups and work to be done with that. And so there's some self-worth around that because I was like this rock star, badass music industry business manager that everybody knew. And now I'm a human design coach. Like when I hear my husband try to explain to people (laughs) what I do, I'm like, he's like, can you just give me like a little blip to read? I'm like, just send them my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to have to be a link. I'm sorry. You can't explain it. (laughs) You know what, Sarah? I made him unfollow me on Instagram. My husband. Wow. I get it. There's some self-worth shit work to do.
0: I get it though. It's like, especially when you're just starting out, like sometimes you need space in order to- Yeah. Well, he comments
1: on everything and I was like, can you just pause (laughs) following me? No, like not comment on Instagram to me. Be like, well, I saw that story You you did this i'm like can we not talk about this can you not make fun of me can you know and he would be doing it in a nice way you know of he course. wasn't rude of but I, was just like, I don't want you seeing me so it's pretty funny anyways pretty um funny. So as far as manifestation like i'm much more like there's a lot of like undercover work to do? Like those Mm -hmm. little things, like when you get triggered where you're like, oh my God, that person from high school followed me. How does that make me feel? Where's my self worth at? What do I need to do to clean that up? What would be something that would help increase magnetism in this case or whatever? Mm. So that's a big deal using your authority. So whatever that looks like for you, emotional, sacral, um, splenic, whatever your authority is, that can really help you. Because if you follow that, if you start Listening to it, it'll take you in the exact right direction where you don't have to force anything. Like that's just that's honestly the way life is meant to be. Is very in flow and guided, but we live in our brains so much in our minds. And in Human Design, nobody has mind authority. Mm. Like no one's authority is their brain. So really, no one needs to be making like pros and cons lists and any of that they need to be following their body and everybody's authorities are like down further down not up here
0: cuz yeah that's the experiment that's i think that is the process of getting into the body oh so cool are there any part other parts of the chart that you use that's like
1: this is with manifestation or this is going to help me. Yeah. So one interesting thing to look at is your ego center, which is the smallest little triangle. And there's four numbers on that. And that is really interesting to see what motivates you. Because sometimes we are we shame ourselves so much for either not feeling motivated and then we try to force things to happen or force motivation when it's not there. Or sometimes people will have blocks around like money is one of the motivating factors and they'll have like issues with money that they need to clean up. Like, oh, I don't ever want to be super rich because super rich people are assholes or what, you know what I mean? Like different things like that, that they sort of need to clean up. So I usually always look at somebody's ego gates too. And their cross of incarnation, those are something that we can talk about offline for you. Mm. Those are four themes of your life that you're really meant to learn and teach and live. And when you're sort of paying attention to that instead of all the other stuff that you have to do that you're trying to make happen, it sort of just starts flowing and guiding you to a place of authentic manifestation, mm. oh, which you and I love talked that. about for like hours probably.
0: Oh my God, forever. <laughs> and I think listeners are like, I mean, I'm hoping everyone's like looking at their chart right now to to utilize all this information. This is amazing. Oh, Allison, this has been amazing. I have to let you go, which I'm so sad about because I could talk to you forever about this. Like, so fun. You have you are such a font of wisdom. Like, thank you so much for sharing all of this stuff this was the best way to start out my day this morning. Same, so same. I'm not a morning person, but I was like excited to get up this morning and like talk to you. I'm, I I've figured out how, what motivates me to get up in the morning. I'm, it's amazing. Yeah. So um, how can listeners follow along with what you're up to?
1: Yes. So I'm on Instagram at you do woo, And then my website is you there's some freebies on there. There's some workshops. There's a way to book a reading with me, which I'll totally give you a discount code that you can put in the show notes for, for oh, your good. listeners. Love that. Yeah, all the things. I'm I'm r- like figuring out my relationship with social media, Instagram. So I'm not like on there 24-7 FYI, but DM me. I'll DM you back within five to seven business days. No, just kidding. I try to get off. A- <laughs> I try to answer everybody back like two or three times a week, but I'm not somebody who's just on there nonstop because it makes me like a crazy person a little bit. Mm, Smart. But say hi.
0: (laughs) Say hi. Allison's rad. Ask her all the questions, but be, you know, be patient with the answer. (laughs) So good. Well, thank you so much, Allison. I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on Lit AF Girl. It was so fun.
0: That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's dot com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.